The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to another edition of Engaging Truth. I'm your host, Pastor John Kane from Nacogdoches, Texas. With us today, we've got a um, a dynasty, part of a dynasty. We've got the Mish family pastors, and uh, there is something about having information ministry handed from one generation to the next. The support, the uh, insights are are something that are a little bit more rare today. I think there was a time when uh, maybe most pastors were, they started out as the son of another pastor. Uh, now it's a little bit more rare. Uh, so we're going to talk with uh, Steve Mish, Mish, Nathan Mish, and Zach Mish. So welcome to the program, gentlemen. Thank you. Glad to be here. So for us as Lutherans, we we talk about vocation. That's a big deal to us uh, ever since the time of the Reformation, uh, recognizing that God has got a plan for us. Uh, looking at Ephesians two eight through take, uh, eight through ten, we're saved first. Really, every Christian is saved for mission, to uh, saved for a purpose, to do the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. Not for our own salvation, but to uh, improve the lot of others to touch others' lives with uh, the good news that we have been saved uh, through Jesus and Jesus alone. So, uh, gentlemen, what uh, what would you like to tell me about the blessing that it has been to uh, be in a family of ministers? Go ahead, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was counting that up since since 1922 and 25. We've got 11 uh preachers in our family, not including distant relatives who are pastors, too. And they've been in the ELCA, they've been in Wisconsin Synod, and they are in uh, LCMS, obviously. So we've got the whole spectrum here. I'll tell you, though, to your question, John, one of the blessings, I think, uh, in in our own family um, with my parents is the way that the uh, conversation is always kind of centered around the gospel. It's always been gospel-oriented. Indeed, law gospel is our Lutheran uh, way of looking at the world. But uh, uh, it's always ended with gospel, which it always should. So that's been a blessing for, for us. Another thing that I do also know is that, and I learned this early on, was that I'm not going to go, I'm not part of the salvation. I'm not being saved because of my parents' faith. I'm being saved because of the faith that they communicated to me and that I embraced. In other words, I don't go to heaven on their coattails of faith. It's my own relationship with Jesus. And I would imagine um, that Nathan and Zachary would say similar things. What, I mean, there's a certain, oh, sorry. Uh, you mentioned the word gospel, how important gospel is. Can you define that for our listeners? Oh, you bet. I remember, in fact, I can give you an example with my father. Um, I remember, and I don't even know if I've told this to the boys, um, and I'm talking about Nathan hmm. and Zach here. 
but I I did something that was just awful. I mean, it was it was terrible, and I'm not going to articulate that. <laughs> yeah, we're on the air. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear well, that either. Well, come on, Dad. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> but uh, but I remember my father dealing with that and and with me, and there certainly was law. And when it all got said and done, at the end of it, he stopped and said, "Okay, any more of this?" And we said, "No." And he said, "Good." That's the end of it. That's the gospel. That is is taken care of. It's forgiven, and no more to be said. We pressed on. I mean, it was like a living illustration of 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 the gospel and the and the the the, the recovery that we have. The the uh, the uh, re re um, uh, emerging of of healthy relationships. All of those things that would exist in the context of the gospel were lived right there. Right. And, and the gospel then being, you know, God does the same for us where where, you know, he says, you know, you've this. We are not going to speak about it again. It is whatever you have done. It has been handled by Jesus at the cross. And so, you know, for me, grandpa did that for my dad. I remember, dad, you did uh, something similar to that when Zach and I were teenagers <laughs> a couple of different times. You know, I'm saying the thing. <laughs> um, brothers don't fight, right? I mean, yeah. you know, most brothers don't, but well, you know, obviously they do, and we do too. And I remember a couple times, you know, my brother and I had rooms down the hall, and you know, one time we got to an argument. You know, it was a there was a bit of shouting going on from bedroom to bedroom, and Dad just walked in the hallway and just said, "Stop!" You know, bringing the law. <laughs> but then ultimately, you know, the gospel coming through is like this is not going to get between us. We are family, and so that law gospel conversation, even though it wasn't explicit terms was still undergirding kind of the conversation on the whole. And that, you know, always has stuck with me. Yeah. Growing up in that environment was evident. Uh, law, gospel, their expectations. Um, I remember my father once when my, I don't know if you remember this, Nathan, but when <laughs> Nathan and I were becoming teenagers, our dad sat us down and said, all right, your actions directly impact my, our, my ministry. I was like, okay. And so, you know, there, but, you know, but living in that environment, it was very evident. And we could tell that even if there are consequences for disobedience, but there is also forgiveness. We knew that. But, it, but it's more than just discipline. It's, it's truth. And, and I'll tell you, and I know both of you guys, as well as myself, as well as my father and, and their parents on both sides, um, are were interested in communicating true truth, as Francis Schaeffer would say, and and I think of Malachi four seven in this whole thing, which says, "For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, because he's a messenger of the Lord." And you know, when we are are not bringing the message of God's word into people's lives, we're bringing our own opinions, and quite frankly, that doesn't mean anything. The truth that's got to be communicated is the truth that we are, are sinners and that we are saved by grace through faith, period. Everything else uh, can be set aside in that regard. Steve, you quoted uh, Malachi talking about um, uh, the lips of a priest. And in the uh, Old Testament way of doing things in the Jewish church, we had the uh, Levitical priesthood. So that was indeed a family business. Um, you know, now... You, you, uh, you fellows are um, in a free country, 
not not the Jewish setting. And so uh, speaking particularly to Nathan and Zach, was there a time when you considered doing something else other than church work? I prefer to you, Nathan. You're the oldest. Oh, okay. Um, sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, until I was a junior in college, I wanted nothing to do with being a pastor. Um, it was just, it, it felt like, you know, this was something that as, as the eldest, one of the things that was never communicated by my parents to me, but still yet I got kind of stuck in my head that, um, you know, this was just the expectation. You follow after what your dad does. And I just, you know, for first 20, 20, you know, 21 years of my life, but really the last eight of that. So 13 to 21 really was very much, I don't want to do this, Lord. I want to go do anything else. I want to make money. You know, I want to have a job that pays me a lot of money and I want to have nice things, and I, you know, all this kind of stuff. I don't know, I, you know, I've grown up in a pastor's household for generations. So you kind of just see that, you know, the Lord provides, but there was a level of like wanting more and wanting more and wanting more in that. And so, so uh, up until like my junior year in college, um, I did not want to do that. And the Lord kind of got a hold of me and said, no, nah, you need to go do this. Um, and here I am today. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd also like to stress this, though. I mean, there's a there was a tremendous amount of freedom for us in our household growing up to go out and explore other things. This was not right. a hey, go. You know what? We've got to have an expectation for you. There, there was none of that. And for me, too, it was about my a junior year in college. My first couple of years, I was like, you know, I'm going to test the waters and other things. I mean, being a pastor, I mean, this this calling or this this uh, vocation was something that was always in the back of my mind. It was like, I would call it always plan C. This is like, okay, I'm going to try a couple other things. And then if that doesn't work out, maybe this is the way to go. And so it took to about the junior year in college to go, yeah, I think this is the direction I am going to explore and see if this is indeed what God wants me to do, and I'm, here I am. You know, one of the things that was true with my family, too, growing up, as I was at my, my home growing up, and that was um, when I finally told my parents that I was going to go to the seminary, and I went to the seminary not to become a pastor specifically, mm-hmm. but to learn more about this God who spoke everything into existence. But when I said I'm going to the seminary, my mom sat down and she almost broke into tears and said, do you know what you're doing? I mean, because she grew up in the parsonage and she understood the uh, the variances and the pressures that can exist in that context. So with, with any profession, there are uh, things that make it work, things that uh, make it work not so well, make some things that make it seem like work. Um, you know, so um, what would you say, each of you, take, uh, take a little bit of time, what would each of you say to a young person who is considering uh, entering into the ministry or studying for that? You know, one of the things that, I, <clears throat> that, I'm, that I'm thinking about as, as you ask that question is one of the things that we were told, particularly going through the seminary, was, you know, have a support network, find people who are going to support you, who are going to walk with you, who are going to... Um, you'll be, you'll be a guide for you. Um, you want to find, you you don't want to do this walk alone. If you're considering the ministry, you want to make sure that you have folks kind of on the, along for the ride. Um, because it's, it is a demanding, I mean, every profession has its own set of demands. Um, and being a pastor is not unique in that, nor is it exempt from that. So you want people to walk along for the ride with you. 
what I can say is this though, for sure, that um, I never really had to think about that. You know, we're talking about as, as pastors and being in a family, we kind of had that support network in a lot of ways built in um, because there were kind of a generation's level of conversation. Like you, you go, you go to your family reunion and you talk shop. <laughs> in a lot of ways. And that's a huge blessing to have that kind of community um, and sometimes, sort of and, pre-built. And, and sometimes you yell shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you seek forgiveness afterwards, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but, but so for, for folks who are, who are looking to prepare for, you know, prepare for the ministry who may not have that same sort of, a built-in sort of network of folks to kind of lean on back to just say, you know, start building that wet network, whether you've got your local pastor or, you know, if you grew up with a pastor or maybe you have a new pastor, just starting to kind of pick their minds and, and maybe start building that support system in place so that you've got people that you can lean on and go back to um, if you should find yourself as, you know, in, in the challenges of doing ministry and, needing to lean on somebody else. Yeah, I'd echo that as well. I mean, for us, it was fortunate that we, we grew up around ministry happening. And so we already had that in. And if you don't have that around you, you know, try to connect yourself. I, I agree with that. You know, the other thing I would say is open up First Timothy chapter 3 and <laughs> read through that and say, do I have these qualifications? Have others confirmed these qualifications in me or the ability mm-hmm. to develop some of these qualifications, like the ability to teach, uh, that's something that comes with experience, um, these kinds of, of things. And yeah, say, you know, and, and the other thing too, is like when, when God called me and I'm pretty sure my father and my brother can confirm this too in their own lives, it just, it was something that just kind of happened and it became, it's like, yeah, this is, this is right. And mm-hmm. and then throughout our, our time in, in ministry, it's like, yeah, he, he's confirmed it throughout our times in ministry. Yep, this is the right move, even the tough times and the fun times. And so in prayer, open up scripture and then ask the Lord, hey, is this something I need to go down? And if you're really considering it, start walking down that way. He will let you know. Yeah, I mean, for us, we did we never like hit like nine years old or in confirmation and we'll be like, I, at least I don't think this is the case for you, dad. I don't want to speak yeah. for you now, but definitely for my brother and I, we did not get to confirmation and we're like, we're going to be pastors. This is it. This is my life's calling. I know exactly what I'm going to do. Um, we didn't hit that. We, it was very much a, a, a kind of, you know, a testing things out and a just kind of you know, testing the Lord's, what, what are you saying to me? And is this for sure? Um, because, you know, it's got to be his call at the end of the day. If it's into his ministry. So I, I completely agree with you, Zach. That rarely happens, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you were t- uh, Zach, you were talking about the first Timothy passage, the uh, uh, aptitudes or the characteristics for uh, pastors and uh, pastoral assistants. And so being apt to teach and uh, not a violent person, not a quarreler, not a striker, not uh, you know an overdrinker, all kinds of things that would indicate that uh, the, the, the pastoral office is one that is uh, not for everybody. Um, but for uh, our listeners today who are not um, perhaps 
not ever thinking about going into the ministry, but living their lives as Christians in other vocations, uh, quite often they will deal with what we call the inner call, uh, that vocation, the voca of vocation being God's voice whispering in your ear telling you what you uh, what you should do with your life maybe to be his witness in uh, other other career paths uh, so what um, what what um, how did that play out in your life that uh, whisper in your ear were there uh, perhaps events associated with that that uh, maybe our listeners could relate to that's a tough one because each one is different um, it, it's it's hard to say that there's a pattern. I mean, in, in my case, I had a very good friend who was at the seminary, and I had kind of kind of was just sort of waffling around and and didn't really know what to do. I was thinking about maybe I taught some confirmation classes at a church. I was thinking about being the organist at the congregation. I, I have a music degree. And um, all of a sudden, I got a phone call from my my friend said, come on down to St. Louis, we can get you in. And it was a two-week matriculation process. And I said, yeah, you know what? Nothing else is happening. I got to go. And that's pretty much what it was. Um, and by the way, I matriculated because they only had two organists and they needed a third, I believe, <laughs> to do chapel. But... <laughs> But but that's a unique story, and I don't know how you replicate that. Uh, but what I do do is say Lord, uh, to, to people who are thinking about this, what in the world, you start to consider what how God is moving in your life. Uh, what's, he, what's, he, what's he pointing your passion to and your interest to? And if your interest is just simply, I want to know more about the triune God, then you can go there and learn more there than anywhere else in in the, in the world, um, and and at that point, then the spirit may draw you in and uh, start to say, you know, you want to lead God's people. Um, if you have a path that doesn't really match up with Timothy, you know, you say, Lord, how do I deal with this? And mm-hmm. and is it is it at the foot of the cross? And do you then say, okay, we go from this point and we move forward, and we move forward in the in the context of the Spirit leading, and and there's health there. So that's how I would respond to that, John. And the older we get, uh, we look back over our shoulder and we see all the places where God opened the door for us. So, you know, uh, how God kind of guides us. Uh, I think you can see that, Steve. That uh, you know it. Uh, it seemed to you that nothing else was working, and maybe that's the way that God works. I, I think that was it in my case as well, that, uh, you know, it kind of closed down options until this one open door, and it's like, you know what? That's it. John, I've got, I've got a thought that I'd like to add to this, and that's speaking to pastors who have children, um, who uh, young men who could go into the seminary. Because they've been, they've been, uh, they're familiar with how the rhythm of ministry goes and how, how there are seasons that are packed and seasons that may not be so full of, uh, of, of ministry and, and holidays and all that stuff. One of the things my parents did that was very important and I think wise was not to bring church conflict into the home. And that included local conflict and national conflict. And what I mean by that is 
they never complained or criticized, complained about or criticized people, uh, at least in front of us or me. And, and as a result, no bitterness in the, toward the church grew in me. And I hope that's the same kind of thing happened with you guys, Nathan and Zach. I remember um, that we were one of the congregations you were, you guys were at and uh, um, we were, we were out taking a walk somewhere and you, you guys would say this happened several, several different times, but y'all would say, go walk ahead. And so we get off, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, we get off out of earshot, but not out of eyesight and just kind of in our own little world. And as I look back on that, I'm like, I wonder, is this what is what's going on about? here? Because <laughs> you still are human and you got to deal with things, but not putting your children in a position of hating the church because they feel like the church hated their parents. Right. Yeah, we don't get that juicy stuff when we'd go visit uh, grandpa and grandma. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things is you were talking, Dad, about your own experience, the, and, and then, John, as you were mentioning your own experience, the same, I would say similar thing for me, too. The Lord just kind of shut down doors, and that was just, it was consistent. Okay, I'm trying this door, not being a pastor. Okay, let me try this door, not being a pastor. Okay, that door shut, too. And then you you try a number of doors until it's like, well... It's only this one, and I've gotten a few kind of hints here and there from other folks that this might be the path I need to try. So, okay, let's try it and see what happens. Yeah, and if I briefly can um, talk about that, too. For me, it's a little bit different. For me, it was always back in my mind uh, thinking, yeah, I think I could do this. Yeah, I think I could do this. And that just kept building and building and building. And then it just came, it just was, it was clear to me, yeah. I should try to do this, but I will re- reiterate. My father said the reason I went to seminary was to know more, not necessarily to become a pastor. And that comes out of what going to seminary is. But uh, I was just like, yeah, I'm really curious about about our God. We we at our dinner table would laugh a lot, at, uh, it, mm-hmm. and, and and it would be things that we'd say it was just a lot of fun but it was also theological mm-hmm. and we'd laugh into theology and have good time with it. Um, so I, I think that brought sort of a lifestyle of, we want to know more. Uh, it's just a fun thing to know. Faith, family, and joy. You know, what, what's better? We'll come back to our guests in just a moment. I'd like to uh, invite our listeners to go to our uh, radio station website for this program. That's elmhouston.org. At elmhouston.org, you can find podcasts of our past broadcasts that are archived there. You can find out more about us. Uh, You'll find out that all of our uh, on-the-air personalities are volunteers, and so your donations go far to keep us on the air. Uh, We invite you to uh, visit not only uh, the ELM.org website, but also to jump from there to our uh, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, YouTube accounts. So uh, join us again real soon. We hope uh, hope to see you there at uh, ELMHouston.org. Finally, to our guests, Steve, Nathan, Mish, God's blessings on your ministry. Thank you for being with us today, and thank you for showing us uh, the power of uh, faith and family and joy and uh, living the life in Christ so that we're better prepared to, uh, to share it with others. Blessings. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having God us. bless us. Join us again real soon on another edition of Engaging Truth. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.